Hey there everyone and welcome to this episode of Let's Talk All Things LGBTQ+. I am Annie McKinnon, an authenticity coach, therapist, speaker, writer and podcaster where everyone has a voice. Today I'd like to introduce you to Tom Swift. Tom is a student nurse identifying as a gay man and has recently moved from the Isle of Man to the UK gay capital Brighton. Tom also does some music on the side, so if you'd like to listen to that, check out Three Steps Forward. If you want to purchase a CD, you can contact Tom at Tom is a massive nerd on Instagram or get in touch with me and I'll pass on your details. Hey Tom, welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good, good, good. I'm I'm really excited to have you on this episode. Uh, and I understand that you moved from the Isle of Man last year to uh, the UK gay capital, which is Brighton. Yeah. Uh, what differences have you come across since, you know, moving your, from the Isle of Man to Brighton? I feel like the actual, like, place itself is quite similar uh, in terms of it being a seaside town. But in terms of the attitudes of everyone here, it's so different. Okay, so what's different What's different about Brighton than what um, you experienced in the Isle of Man? So Brighton feels a lot more open. And obviously it's a big LGBT uh, city. Uh, whereas the Isle of Man, it's quite known for being quite um, old fashioned in that way. Okay, so, I didn't know that. That's that's but, yeah. news to me. Yeah. So gay marriage was only legalized, I think, around 2013, which was okay. quite a bit later than the UK. And there are still a lot of people who aren't really for that. It's quite um an older generation on the Isle of Man. It's quite a retirement place to go. Okay, um, so they've they've not quite caught up with where we are with the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. And okay, so very traditional attitudes. Is is it that maybe related to like the church as well? Does that come into it? I think so. There's quite a lot of like traditional Christians on the island. But I think the main thing is just people aren't educated mm. and there isn't like things being pushed to educate so in Brighton there's lots of stuff about inclusivity and everything and the old man just doesn't have that okay so how, what was life like for you living there uh all this time up until September <laughs> it was Is um it... it's quite interesting growing up there I feel like you start questioning yourself and then when you eventually come out, it's like a totally different life. But until then, you just feel very hidden away. Okay, so I'm, I'm just sensing there was a, it almost sounds like you felt really isolated there. Yeah. Was there no one there that you could speak to about it growing up? Yeah, well, no one really talked about it mm. until everyone kind of came out at once, really. <laughs> it was okay. like... One person came out and then everyone else did. And it's like, oh, okay. The interesting thing is, despite how old-fashioned everyone is, 
there's actually a really high ratio of LGBT people on the Isle of Man. Like, I think it's higher than the ratio in Brighton. Like, it's it's quite a lot. So when did this mass mass coming out come around? What when was that? Uh, I think I was around 16, 16, maybe 15. Was it planned or was it just Not coincidence? <laughs> no, okay. I I just uh had enough, I guess. Right. Cause I because I wondered when you talked about everyone came out at the one time, I wondered if that was the community, if you like, getting together and supporting each other to come out together, or was it just a coincidence? It was more so um, my little friendship group all kind of came out at once kind of thing. But I guess that might have been, you know, all of us were scared, and then once one person came out, and then after that I found out about, like, all this kind of hidden community they have in the Isle of Man of youth groups and stuff like that oh okay so there's important things going on there but there is there's a little bit (laughs) yeah but one might not find out about that until you actually come out yeah does sound uh very traditional and unlike Brighton which is the exact opposite by the sounds of it yeah it's so different like on the Isle of Man, you wouldn't, like, it's quite a safe place to live. So, you know, like, going down the road, you wouldn't expect to get hate crimes or anything. But it just feels so much safer in Brighton, in a oh, way. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, well, what do you think that's about? I don't know. I feel like, you know, just everyone's attitudes are just, you are who you are. Whereas on the Isle of Man, you'll get a lot of, like, stares and, like, judgy looks mm. a lot of the time. Yeah, because I'm really curious as to the reception you got when you made the, you know, you came out. What was that like living in that community? I think so. I came out around, like, just after my GCSEs had ended. Mm-hmm. So all of my peers in my year the ones who aren't really into it as much uh, just kind of stopped going to school because I continued on at sick form. So the ones who stayed on were the more educated people, I guess, <laughs> mostly. And also the fact that I was that I came out and I was like, you know, if you don't accept me, don't accept me. I'm not taking anything from anyone. Like, And... I think about a year or so after my school started an LGBT club. So it just, there was a lot more conversations that happened around that time when I came out. It certainly sounds as though there was a bit more support happening then, which is really good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. But the, yeah, you went on to sixth form and then found... I'm guessing a group of friends that were well, from what you're saying a bit more compassionate, a bit more understanding than maybe the whole class that you'd left behind. Yeah. And what was I found interesting was the group of friends which I'd had through most of my time at school stayed exactly the same. And we just started talking about it openly. What did that just... feel like? It was it was insane. It was like, 
you know, the, the like day after I, I came out, I woke up and I was like, like this like dread in my stomach, um, thinking, oh no, I've messed everything up, but it's just, you know, it's so good. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so I sense that, I suppose, sense of freedom, like yeah. it's out there, you said earlier, you'd had enough. Yeah. Uh, and it almost feels like, right, it's out there now, take me or leave me, yeah? Yeah. Did you, do you experience any negativity around that from outside school? Um, I don't think I really found myself in any situations like I all of my clubs and stuff that I went to outside of school I'd put myself in quite an accepting community anyway the one issue I had was at my church because I'd been going to church my whole life with my parents my family the church kind of they didn't like kick me out per se but it was more so they felt like they had to discuss about whether or not they should accept me um mm, and they had a did, meeting about how, it how did that feel I was just, I was at that I was like no I'm, I'm not going back <laughs> like mm. I shouldn't be a discussion um sure. and at least you know if you're going to discuss me I want to be there <laughs> how did that turn out I think they they decided to accept me but you know the damage had already been done really um mm. Because you, you, you'd been in that line of judgment, if you like that. Yeah. And you also get, you know, in a Christian community, you'll always get a couple of people that won't be accepting for it. So, mm. yeah. So, so uh, in, in school as well, I'm really curious to find out, uh, was it the school that started the club or was it the community within the school that started the club? Um, I think it was the, like, the person I was talking to when I came out, like, the teacher, and I think they'd been wanting to do it for a couple of years, but the year, I think two years below me, had quite a prevalent group of LGBT folks, like, they were very, you know, loud about it, so I think that's what encouraged them to finally make a club for it. That's it. That's really encouraging to hear that the yeah. school actually got involved to support, you know, the community, if you like, within that school. Yeah. yeah. So you only need like one or two teachers and then, you know, it'll make all the difference. Mm, yeah. And again, it's about what you were talking about earlier. It's about educating, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and, and helping people understand where you're coming from, which is really encouraging. Yeah. So anything else was going on? How was life outside school and church once you'd made that decision to leave? Yeah, I mean, it was all good. It was like, you know, a different side of myself. And it's just been, you know, really good mental health wise. So what what, what are the differences there, Tom? I was extremely depressed before I came out, which is why I kind of came out as like a last resort. Um, but then it just, you know, got so much better. It sounds like you had positive reactions, like from your family and friends. It sounds like they were there supporting you through that. 
journey. Yeah. yeah. Which is crucial, isn't it? And not not all people are as lucky, but it's really encouraging to hear that your family and friends were supportive. Yeah. Yeah. So the move to Brighton, what brought that on? My auntie had actually suggested Brighton as one of the unis that I go to because this is before I came out because it had a big LGBT community and an art community. And I was like, oh yes, art community. And then there was the additional thing. But uh, I just, I quite, I feel drawn to the South. I don't know if it's the sea or anything, but uh, I felt determined to be somewhere in the South. Uh, Brighton seemed like the best place to go. So I ended up here. Where the weather is certainly a lot warmer than most of the the rest of the the UK so I can understand that so how have you settled into Brighton since arriving it's been great it's uh you know just you know walking around it feels fairly similar to the Isle of Man in in the terms that it has a lot of green spaces and everything like that um and it's also quite small so I think it's it's a lot smaller than the Isle of Man but you know it's nice the most uh uh, self-orientating person I'm not good at finding my way around places so it's, it's good to live in a small place <laughs> yeah I get that I totally get that so you're here in Brighton did you travel here on your own did you make that move on your own my uh, my parents brought me down oh nice stayed with me for a couple of days and then um, my first house last year I was sharing with um, a few friends from the Isle of Man which was really nice uh, and then I'm in a new house now with uh, totally different people. And it's really good. So the, the first house was with people you already knew, is that yeah. right? And this house is with people, I guess, you've, you're getting to know or have gotten to know? Yeah. And are they part of the community or not? Most of them, yeah. Most, yeah. <laughs> Incidentally. <laughs> I'm guessing you feel comfortable where you are now. Yeah. The attitude in Brighton is like you've got to accept it like the LGBT community or people will judge you <laughs> it, it's kind of like that isn't it yeah. it's, the, it's the opposite way around no you're right now you say that yeah I agree with you I think it's very much like that yeah, so what should so it, what it's more comfortable like being like oh yeah I'm gay and yeah that, you know if they have an issue with that it's like a bit weird yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's nice to see it's turning huh? yeah uh, so what, what's been your highlight since arriving in Brighton uh, I really liked Pride that was really good um, just like um, the Isle of Man has had two Prides so we had our first Pride the summer before I left and then our second one I went home for in August and then apparently they're they're not doing it anymore Uh, (laughs) I don't know why but uh, the pride here was really good you know all the floats going past it was you know and it went on so long all these different you know even if it's hollow like all the different companies supporting pride and um, all the different charities and stuff like that and it made me tear up a bit because I was like it's it's come like such a long way yeah yeah and it's a it's it's a large pride isn't it Brighton it's it's really big as you see with loads of things going on so that's that's been your highlight 
Yeah. What else has been going on since you arrived in Brighton? Anything else? <laughs> Just doing uni, really. Yeah, That's my whole life. <laughs> yeah, you're studying, aren't you, at the moment? Yeah. Yeah. Is that a degree in nursing? Yeah. And how's that going? It's good. I love it. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I've had a couple of people on from the medical profession talking mm. about educating the wider community about how LGBTQ plus people can be supported within that. Mm. And is that something that you may get involved in? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've had a couple sessions about LGBT healthcare in uni and I've reached out to my sister to because she's a doctor um she's done a couple sessions about it as well because she's passionate about educating people so I've gotten some information from her to pass on to my lecturers about trans healthcare. Um, yeah because I feel like there's a massive gap massive massive gap isn't it massive gap so do you have trans friends yourself yeah quite a few. Okay. <laughs> there quite a bit of a struggle going on out there particularly in hospital you see uh patients with their their name their age and their gender uh but it's not that simple (laughs) and all the wards are split into male and female but that's you know Mm. what about non-binary people what about intersex people like do you see that changing anytime soon I mean, probably not, to be honest. There's, you know, there's so much, many issues with trans rights at the moment. With a the, huge subject, isn't it? Yeah, with the new prime minister taking away the rights from the Equality Act. And, you know, with the conversion therapy, they're only banning gay conversion therapy, not trans conversion therapy, all of that. So I feel like it's going to be a long time until any real changes start happening. That must be so difficult for your friends. Yeah. What struggles are they having at the moment through that? Well, issue with, you know, getting medical care in terms of, you know, not only just getting hormones and surgeries, but just feeling comfortable when they go in for just a normal GP appointment. Okay, um, so so what what's the block in in the hormone uh, treatment? Is that because they're being rejected by hospitals or? Um, because of the gender identity clinic being so backlogged with all the cases. Okay, so there's um, like, there's huge waiting lists. Yeah, particularly on the Isle of Man, we don't have any services for that at all, so they get referred across. Um, which costs them a lot of money each time having to go across to England when they get an appointment. And I've mm. heard stories of it being like the appointments being cancelled on the same day. So wow. they've paid, you know, hundreds of pounds to get to London to this appointment, which they've been waiting like years for. I think the waiting time's like seven years at the moment. Um, oh, that's a long time. And then huh? just to have it cancelled. Yeah, that's that's really disappointing, isn't it? And it must be really, you know, discouraging for, you know, people in that situation. Yeah. I think you're right. We've got a long way to go. 
in educating and the world that we know as as now uh taking that time to change to benefit mm. benefit everyone in society really isn't it yeah it's getting better though like we're only going forwards really yeah i have heard that there's some people have resorted to buying hormones off the internet oh yeah is that something you're aware of that's happening uh, i've heard of it being done yeah Mm. um and there's uh, so i watched a, an itv program called butterfly that came out a few years ago and the person in that uh hurt herself to try and do this surgery <laughs> that she wasn't gonna get otherwise and it's like it's a very real thing that people will resort to mm. and it obviously just causes more harm than good because they're not surgeons <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, and it's it's quite terrifying, isn't it, that people are having to go to those lengths of buying hormones off the internet, as you say, that you know is probably not safe. Yeah. But the waiting times to see a consultant, if they're sitting at seven years, is a long time yeah. for someone to wait that wants that, you know, to make that transition. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, taking hormones, you need to have your blood tested regularly and everything. And if it's not done through a proper healthcare provider, then that's not going to be covered. You're not going to be on the correct dosage or anything. Mm. So that yeah, so can people cause are other guessing. heart problems, yeah. like stuff like that, health problems. So you know. people are guessing the, dos the dosage they need to take. And I guess if someone's really impatient and wants that process to... I mean, I don't, I don't know the fact of it, but they could be taking more of a dose to hurry along that that process, where yeah, it's probably. actually really harmful. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's sad to hear as well. So, what what else is going on? Uh, on the Alp Man, we've got um, quite like our community's gotten a lot bigger in the past few years. Um, so we've got a load of like drag acts now as well that's become quite quite um prevalent in the past couple years i think there are like nine drag queens on the Isle of man now and we've got a drag king as well sounds like things have yeah. really moved moved on it is, in the last couple is, of years yeah it's very good um i think they've got like drag acts every week at a pub and they watch uh rupaul's every week as well it's just, just really cool mm. um, and like you know five years ago I couldn't have imagined that <laughs> indeed here we are five years later and you've got drag queens and the king yeah I wonder That's I wonder how the the population there are, are sort of reacting to that change yeah I mean I feel like there's a lot of people who are still quite unsure about the whole thing but it's because the voice is so loud of all the drag queens that you don't really hear the hate as much. Okay, so these sort of they they're on top of everyone else and making sure yeah. their voices are heard rather than hearing the the negative comments. Yeah, there's a way to deal with it, isn't it? Yeah. Going forward in your career in nursing, you said you had a couple of talks 
people come in and, and talk about LGBTQ plus community within the healthcare system. What's your, do you have any goals towards when you start working, when you're out and about and in the, the hospitals or wherever you practice? I mean, personally, I don't think I'm going to really see much of that because like not that often at least because I'm probably going to specialize in dementia nursing okay right um, but also you know you, you just get it you see it in different patients you know just in whatever area um just to normalize it I guess um it's a just about spreading awareness so if I had a colleague that was not very educated on it I would you know make sure to educate them that kind of thing that's all we can do isn't it yeah. is just keep plugging away and and hope that people listen and you know sort of begin to have a bit more understanding compassion for for difference I guess yeah, yeah. so the thing I was shocked by when we had one of our lectures recently was that a few people didn't know what intersex was Okay. And I was shocked by that because I've known about it since I was like 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it feels like a quite a well-known thing in my mind, but I guess not to other people. Mm. And I guess there's that, you know, that that glossary, if you like. There's so many terms, you know, when I when I think back to when I was growing up, there there was hardly any terms at all but now it's so vast that even I need to go back to a glossary sometimes and think what does that mean again and I'm I come across a lot of people like that that will yeah. think I'm not sure what that is or so it's kind of just keeping up to date with, yeah. with I mean, what's going on isn't it even I feel out of touch sometimes <laughs> like yeah it's it moves like so rapidly with all the terms and everything yeah you know I just see something on my Instagram and I'm like oh okay apparently that term's outdated yes right <laughs> no no longer no longer in use because we yeah. have something else and you know that kind of brings back to me sometimes that feeling of you know just let us be who we are whatever that is you know without the labels and everything else that goes along with it but I know it's important to to individuals and I will respect that but it would be nice if everyone could just be themselves without having to have these labels wouldn't it yeah maybe Um, one day (laughs) maybe what maybe one day yeah I don't think it'll be in my lifetime but maybe one day so what's next Tom um I don't know just continue with nursing (laughs) yeah it's and, a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I bet. And sort of integrating yourself into, I guess, the Brighton, the Brighton lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice, it's nice to hear, though, that you think it feels really safe. It does, yeah. I don't know if I'll um, stay in Brighton after I finish my course, because it's quite expensive. Mm, um, very expensive. So I'm, I'm scared to move somewhere else where it doesn't feel quite as safe. <laughs> mm. And I so. guess that's the thing about checking out if you're if it's the area that you want to stay in. There's a lot of areas around Brighton that are are just as safe, but it's yeah. learning where those places are and 
and where you can go and feel comfortable. Yeah. Is there anything that we've missed in this conversation that you would like to get out there? I don't think so. No, covered it all? Yeah, we covered it all pretty well, I think. <laughs> okay, so what message would you like to leave our listeners with? It's just, you know, don't be afraid to come out or tell someone how you're feeling. And, you know, if you're feeling scared, then they might also be having those feelings. That's very um, true. You're always going to find someone who's on your side at the end mm. of the day. And that's also that's also very true. So if people, uh, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you, Tom, how can they do that? Um, they can message me on Instagram uh, at Tom is a massive nerd. I will note that in yeah. the description for when this goes <laughs> live so that people know how to get in touch with you. So mainly through Instagram, is that right? Yeah, or or if they don't, uh, you know, they can contact you. Yep, absolutely. I'm happy for listeners to do that. Just get in touch with me, my information, and I'll pass that over to Tom. Well, Tom, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, interesting conversation me. and with knowledge alongside it. And I'd also love to thank the listeners and tune in next Monday for the next episode of Let's Talk All Things LGBTQ+. Thank you.